we are back. Holla. Holla. Interesting. Swedish. Wait, what? Holla. Look. H A L L A. I Swedish for hello. I feel like we should fact check that. I feel like someone is uh, fact checking that. Google, <laughs> Google right? said as that, we speak, so. they're fact checking. <laughs> Swedish, Swedish, yes, and all all our favorite pictures of Jesus are are Swedish Jesus, blonde hair, Hard blue man. eyes. You know, typical Middle Eastern descent. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, makes sense, right? Like, yeah. Um, no, glad to be back. Uh, gonna do a little. Something a little different with the show today. Um, we, uh, we we've had some suggestions and just you know have have thought about a few different things that we can do to maybe bring some flow to our week in week out podcasts and um, create maybe more of a template of of how we want to move forward and kind of just some future kind of future thoughts. Um, some of the things that we've talked about and kind of what we've decided to do is we want to have at the beginning of the show each week kind of a current events kind of news segment that we do uh, that gives us a chance to talk about some of those things that are coming up. I think, you know, we definitely each week there's there's always new stuff happening and, and I think having you know, a godly perspective with that, or, or at least a different perspective than maybe you would have would be, uh, would be a good thing. Um, just to discuss, talk about, think about. So we're going to add that. We'll have maybe a couple things each week. Uh, so that could be interesting. It could be fun to do that. The other thing, um, that was suggested was to have a section where we actually tied in each week with the sermon. And so, if if you're just listening to the podcast, we the sermons are up on online every week as well. We uh, we put them on our Facebook page. They're live. You can go watch every sermon that we've done and the website. Since, yeah, since we and the way that's right and the and the website leesburgcc.com. Uh, so there's some different avenues, and and we thought, hey, this would be a good midweek thing. It was a suggested by Ashley Willen. Great idea. But just to have a little segment that we deal with each week where we talk a little bit about that, that subject, um, what was going on. And so there's a few things that we want to do moving forward, some things that I think could be very helpful and, and, and maybe even expand, you know, who utilizes uh, the podcast for their weekly um, study time or, you know, just devotional or even just to, to kill some time when they're driving. I know that's uh that's that's your forte now. That is my forte. That's, that's where you got hooked into all this. That's where I got wrapped up in all this. Right. Yeah. You Absolutely. he he called me, Nate, and said, I'm listening to the podcast. I said, Oh, have you? <laughs> the manipulators. And look back. at me now. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens if you tell me you listen to the show. <laughs> that it does. That it does. But uh yeah, so, so some good stuff coming. Um Another thing, we have um, been talking for several weeks about having a show on sex abuse, sex trafficking, uh, you know, and really you could go in a lot of different places, and and we haven't really defined exactly the avenue we want to go with that, but 
I think that will, I think we're, we're thinking about that topic for next week. So I, I don't know how long that episode will be. Maybe may be a little bit longer, you know, because, or we may have to divide it up into a couple shows because I, I know that it's going to be one of those issues. There's just so much. So and, much. Yeah. I mean, you talk about like rabbit holes to go down. I mean, you know, you, you can, we kind of have maybe a surface understanding of, of some of the stuff that's happening even locally. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's one of those subjects that even if it's happened to you, there's almost this shame that clouds, you know, your willingness to talk about it, you know, or deal with it and, and allow others to kind of see that. And which, you know, I, I can understand, I mean, not, not because I know, but just, you know, I, you know, knowing people that have gone through that and kind of, you know, how they feel about themselves. I mean, it's ugly, ugly thing and it destroys lives. And it's definitely a topic that, you know, we've had on our radar, something we think is extremely important to talk about. And so we definitely want to give that it's, it's due diligence. And so I think next week we're going to try to tackle some of that. You know, I, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. I'm not saying it's going to be this, you know, this amazing show, you know, and we're going to really reveal some things, but I do think it's the beginning of a conversation that maybe could, you know, go into, you know, many shows in the future, not specifically on that topic, but, you know, just something that, that we can definitely begin the conversation on. So with that said, uh, Nate, first week doing the news. What do you have for us, buddy? News this week. All right. I mean, this is. I mean, your voice is perfect for this. I just want you to know. <sighs> is it? But get in. Get into Thanks, your news man. anchor voice. And this week, uh, with the news <laughs> coming at you. <laughs> no, uh, this week news. Um, there's been some some pretty big things that have been happening statewide in our country, locally. Um, obviously, locally, a lot of the schools in the area are getting ready frantically for reopening. Uh, in-person right. classes and, and with the students. Um, I can attest to that personally. I've been at the school uh, three days this week just working in my classroom alone. Is um, there is everybody back or is it just a few people getting classrooms ready? What is, I mean, what, what, what's going on right now? It's, uh, I don't want to say a few. There, there is usually, you know, in a normal year, whatever normal looks like anymore. In a normal year, most teachers would come back the first week of August, you know, that they're not contracted for those days, but they come back and get stuff ready. This year it is a little different. I've seen more people come in uh, this year so far, this first week getting things ready. Um, just trying to work on seating arrangements, um, working on, you know, identifying high touch areas. So what is, what is, the regulations in regard to seating in a classroom? What are they saying? So typically, I don't know if they have given, um, at least statewide, they have not given any mandates on how you should be seating students exactly in your classroom. Um, they do suggest uh, at least six feet apart, obviously. That is really tough in some classrooms. Is it realistic uh, to be able to, to do that? In some classes, you could get away with it. Others, no. Absolutely not. Um, I know that we have tried um, several things in the high school at Greenfield. Uh, our choir classes, which usually average around 50 to 60 kids in one 
choir room. We are going to move those classes to the auditorium as well as the band classes. Those will be moved to the auditorium at Greenfield. So there's a lot more room there. Um, obviously, I think we've all heard of the, the mandate students uh, to a certain extent or a certain age group, I should say. I'm pretty sure all students now, actually, the more I think about it, are going to be mandated to wear masks as well. Um, well, wasn't it K through 12? K through 12, K-12. yeah. So preschoolers still We'll know. see. I, I, I've i been training Bennett. I don't know if you've been training Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it, you know, you think about some of the stuff and with our kids, if you'd asked me six months ago, would Paul wear a mask? I would say no. Yeah. But we hand him a mask and he puts it on. Now, it's fallen off all the time. And sure. so, you know, you have that. Uh, but... I mean, he's not really fighting it. Like, it's not... Right. You know, and Paul's one of those... it's the same way. Yeah, Paul's one of those kids, I I could see him really, like, being against it, but he hasn't. Claire's constantly telling us to put our mask on. Yeah. It's amazing. I think think a lot of kids actually kind of like it. I agree, and I think it's because, you know, we grew up without it, and so we think about, well, you know, know, life without it, but they're growing up in a life with it. You know, and so I think they're going to have a different perspective, you know, as young people. Now, I think maybe the older kids will be more, you know, kind of push against it a little bit. Yeah, I could see a lot of them, but I could see a lot of them also being really understanding. I I know that a lot of the cross-country kids that um, I've been around the past couple weeks at practice, um, you know, they're, they're really not against doing the things that is necessary or are necessary to come back to school. I've never seen kids so excited to come back to school in their lives. So, so, so the kids that think that they could do without school are realizing maybe school's not as bad as I thought. Maybe it's not that bad seeing my friends, you know, or, uh, or it's these, better or than being teachers. locked in my room. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it is better. So I, I think they're starting to realize that. Um, I know that we're, we're trying to work hard. Um, you know, just getting things ready. I'm trying to figure out how to teach robotics online if the occasion calls for just having a backup plan, which seems impossible right now. But I, I got an idea for you. Yeah. Go Watch for a Blaze. lot of Transformer movies. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right, kids. Film study today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's interesting. I know Mr. Fitzpatrick, uh, he's one of our ag guys, too. I, I talked to him a little bit. He uh, he's he's getting things ready over in the shop as well, just trying to adjust and uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. So yeah, pray pray for uh, pray for teachers. You know they're really creative people, um, but uh, for the most part, they're going to need a lot of prayer these next couple weeks. Yeah, students, parents, pray for them. Uh, pray for leaders, which kind of leads into the next part of the news here. Um, obviously. Governor DeWine tested positive today for COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's no different from anyone else. We want to pray for everyone else who obviously comes back with a positive test. But, you know, God calls us to trust our leaders that are there in a, in place for a reason. He put them there. Absolutely. Uh, and we should, we should pray for them as well. Uh, so definitely keep him and, and all leaders, regardless of whether they contract COVID-19 or not, keep all of our leaders uh, in, in your thoughts and prayers for yeah, sure. And we've got a big election coming up in November and yeah, you know, it's timely, you know, yeah. we regardless need- of, of who you vote for, or don't vo- vote for, be kind, yeah. pray for them. Yeah. Regardless. Yep. The world is divisive enough 
it doesn't need us, you know, to be the same to one another. We're, you know, we're called to be a little different from everybody. Radically different. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Good. Good. All right. Well, um, with that said, kind of the next segment goes into the message this week. And uh, this week we did uh, the third part of a sermon that we were calling House of God. It's in a series we've been doing called The Amazing Journey. Uh, and we've actually been in Ephesians since before COVID. <laughs> What's that? Give me timetable then. How long has the COVID been? Oh, man. Since March. March. Six, no. First week of March or second week of March? Second week of March, I thought it was when everything kind of shut down. So March, April, May. June, July. June, (laughs) July. (laughs) Wait a second. We're into August. (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks left, though. Only three weeks left in this uh, series. Um, But we, we talked about Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. And in that passage... There's a section that says that we are built upon the apostles and the prophets. And essentially what Paul's referencing is scripture. So we've been talking a lot about us being building blocks, that we are built into the whole um, of this building that God is built into as well. This is an interesting thing. So the reason that analogy, there's, there's several... There's several analogies in it that define us as Christians. One is that we are citizens. Okay, so that, I've said this every week. I've said the citizen part is us belonging, Mm -hmm. that we are a part of, that it's more than just, you know, relationship, but it actually has implications that are, you know, you know, citizen related to us belonging to this. And and that's an important piece. That's a good one. But it doesn't speak fully to our relationship with God, and that's why he calls us children, you know, that he's our father. That makes it more personal. But the reason the building block one is so important, that, that we're also building blocks, that we're also blocks in this building, the this, if you want to call it the building of God, you know, is that with a father, you can be in relationship with the father, but you can't be in a father you can't be inside him does that make sense that analogy it breaks down at that point but yet god is in us and we are with him in in even a deeper level than him being our father we are built together we were built inside of each other almost and it kind of that analogy kind of takes that a step further and that's why we spent so much time on this is just because the implications that have to us and what it means for us as Christians. But what holds that together, the cement of that, the foundation of that, that we're built upon is absolutely the word of God. Right. And the word of God is essential to us. Um, Without it, you know, how do we define what God wants for us? You know, how many times Nelson has God spoken to you audibly? None. <laughs> oh, that was that was one of the things when you filled out the form to be on oh, the podcast. I, I, I you apologize. had to have had at least one experience where God oh, spoke to you audibly. Audibly, yeah, audibly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different topic. <laughs> but no, and so how are we to know what God wants? How are we to know what we're to do? How do we know our purpose? 
And, and that's what scripture is. It is God's word to us written by, you know, several men throughout history compiled together yet without error. Like there's no error in this. It is, it is a historical account. It is a prophetic account. It is, you know, it is an understanding of who God is, what he wants, you know, from us as his people, uh, and what the future holds for us. And we can kind of use that as like a basis to define what the Holy Spirit is leading us to do in our life. It has to be the filter. Yeah, it's the filter that you go through. Absolutely. How many times have, you know, we felt a tug at our heart in one way or another, and we had to figure out, okay, is is this God's calling for me, you know? I mean, when I was young, I... You know, I I felt like I had this deep passion to become a basketball player for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Like that's what I want to do. I want to go play for the Tar Heels. You know, was that from God? <laughs> nope. <laughs> but I I had this great deep passion and desire sure, yeah. for that. You know, and and I felt like it was a, a healthy good thing. And you could so, always use that platform to praise God and to show God. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. right? But exactly. was that what he was speaking to me? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably not. No. <laughs> I mean, I needed I needed another foot if I was going to make it and God right. didn't give me that extra foot. So that answered the prayer right there. That's, when I stopped growing at 62, eh, not going to happen. Yeah. At least I'm taller than Nate though. That helps. Yes. 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 I I'm always looking down on him. <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to cry, man. <laughs> you got me there. You got me. But there there does have to be, a, how do we know what he's saying? Because I do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us, you know, whether it be that inner dialogue that we sense and hear at times. How do we know that's of God or of the enemy? You know, how do we know that it's selfish me desires? Because, you know what, like, I I want God to say to me, I need another millionaire to give money to this cause or that cause. So I'm gonna do. I want that, you know. Yeah. I I would love, you know, because it, our culture, you know, says, hey, like this is what it's all about. But wouldn't it be great if the enemy did the same thing? Started it with, hey, this is me, and this is what I want you to do. <laughs> right. And then, <laughs> then we would know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, we do. We need that filter to hear him, to know what he's saying. And and that's what scripture is. And so, again, if you have a chance this week, open up your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2. I'd say read the whole chapter, but we were specifically dealing with 19 through 22. And we're going to be in it again next week, talking a little more about the citizenship stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, so this, again, this is a new segment. We're going to be tying in kind of each week uh, what what the sermon is talking about, having a little conversation with that. um, But that's where we are. Let me, let me ask you guys one more thing before we move on from, from, from the Bible stuff. What role do you think effectively or ineffectively does the Bible play in your home or in your personal lives? Like, and, and where do you guys, you know, just as from a practical standpoint, because I think, it's easy to say these things, but if but unless it becomes something where we're practically dealing with this and this is how we're dealing with it, then it's just something that we talk about and not something that, that we really lay out there. Like, this is where I am, and this is where my successes come and why, and this is where my failures come and why, and and making this human and not just this, this pie-in-the-sky 
type of um, thing that we try to grasp? I think for me, um, I'm more typically a follower in a lot of ways. Um, I have my moments where I can lead, but I'm, I'm, I'm a follower. I sometimes go with the crowd and get lost in the crowd. Yeah. I think for me, when it comes to reading the Bible, putting that at the forefront of my life, I think depending on who I'm around in my life, daily life, that affects me a lot in terms of how I use the Bible as a tool to help guide my Christian life or not. Um, you know, in college I was around, well, I should say, do we want to, do we want to talk about college? Uh, I mean, we, we probably shouldn't, man, but I'm going to, (laughs) my first, my first two years, like (laughs) my first two years, I was like, okay, whatever. I, I wasn't around probably the best people, but you know, my last two years I was around really good people, um, through, through this, uh, uh, this group I was in. Um, and they really like challenged me to be a student of the word. Um, and I felt like that showed, you know, once I delved into it, I mean, seriously delve into it, not just read a few passages every day. Like, you know, we fall into that trap, but I mean, seriously delve into it. Two Bible studies a week where you're, you're diving in wow. and getting into the nitty gritty. Like that really helped me a ton. Just being around those people, and those guys my my age who are holding me accountable for making the Bible, you know, my crutch, that thing yeah. that I can, you know, fall back on. I think we want it to be easy as well. I mean, yeah, I, definitely. I, I can't tell you how many times I've had people that get like a moment of clarity and just passion and desire to know God and they start to dive in and they get excited and they start going to church and reading their Bibles and spending time in prayers and coming to Bible studies and coming to small groups and they're just all jazzed up. And when it doesn't all come right away, then it's just this slip back into what was easy. Yeah. And when it comes to the Word of God and what you're talking about, like doing those deep dives, it is not about this short period of my life where I just dove in and then I just had it. You know, I spent nine years in college where this is, this was the focus. It was the focus was, were you like a super, 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 super senior? I was like a dumb kid. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It took me longer than everybody else. Okay. Okay. People after nine years are called doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Kevin. I have my I have my MDiv, but I took an I it took me an extra year to get my undergrad. Um, and then I think the MDiv I was working at the time here at the church. And so doing that, I can't remember if I did a, like a full load when I was doing my MDiv or if I, I might have had a full load. But MDiv, I, MCAT, same thing, right? Like, <laughs> I don't no, know. No. I, <laughs> you're, you're a doctor. You can call me Dr. Doctor, <laughs> Dr. Stuckey. I like that better than the manipulator. Like, that's a better nickname. No, so you're still a manipulator. <laughs> Sorry, go, go ahead. Sorry, I, I totally interrupt you. But <laughs> nine years of... 
I guess it started, you know, kind of high school. I was leading some things, and then really, if you're le- anything, if you're leading something where you're teaching the Bible at all, like you have to like really do a deeper dive so that you have material. Um, but then college, five years, undergrad, where that was the focus. Then that MDiv, and then all the time, like I'm preaching and teaching. You know, Wednesday night Bible study, sermons on Sunday, preparing those, you know, anything else like small group wise or counseling, things like that. You're tra- so it's just like, just, I was forced to, and I don't know that I would have done it if I wasn't forced to. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I would have to a degree, but not that intensely. And so I, I feel very blessed by that, but this is, you know, the knowledge that I have now, and I feel like, I, you know, I can speak on about any topic and have, I have a, a a good perspective, and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm just saying, because I've put that time, and I feel comfortable talking about any about anything really, you know, and and have an opinion. And those change, you know. One of the things, and I'll say, I'll just give an example of it. One of the things that has changed recently for me is I've I've pushed really hard, and I brought it up this week in, in the sermon that it's about a relationship with God and not religion, and that is true. But you can't cut religion out of it because Christianity still is a religion. It's organized. It's it's put together. We meet. Like it's still a religion. And so that is an important piece of that. It, you can't take that out of it. Yeah. You can't move away from that. That's uninformed. And so that's something I've I've you know, listening to different guys studying that I've I've come around on a little bit and said, you know, it's not just relationship. It's also religion, and that's okay. That's healthy. Let's let's embrace yeah. that. Let's not make religion a dirty word. Which well, I've, I've I've been I've been you know I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Well, I remember one of your sermons. You were talking about you know how we can fall into this trap of where if we walk into a big extravagant church, we kind of judge those people, right? Like oh, those absolutely. Christians got it wrong. Yeah. Je- this is not what Jesus would want. But at the same time, like that's a beautiful thing. That church is built for. God, right? right? To the glory so, of I God. Mean, yeah. So I, it is, it's very relational, but like you said, there is a religious aspect there that can be a very beautiful thing in itself as yes. well. Yes. And I think even you have, you have people that will maybe um, gravitate more towards Catholicism or a Presbyterian church because of the religion side of things, the, the like order, reg, the regimented. Yes. Like, yeah. I mean, order and, of service. Now and, is that bad? No, because God made them that way. And so for them to love something that God has given them a passion for, there's nothing wrong with that. And so it really yeah. is. I mean, there are absolutely things that the Catholic church does, you know, regardless of how you feel, you know, about some of their stances on certain issues there are some things that they do like within their services that are extremely beautiful and powerful visual physical things that 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 show God's glory in a, in a way that we don't do here because we're afraid of being categorized right. with them in 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 certain ways as evangelicals so you know that's that's i mean definitely something to consider so religious part so that's something that i've learned but that's yeah. some you know we're always learning and that and that's the beauty of it like i don't care how much time you've spent in the Word of God, or studying, or what degree you have, you can learn so much, much, much more. But, and here's the hope for those of you who haven't had that time yet, it's simple enough to where the first day you pick it up, it can be meaningful to you. 
And that's the beauty of the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Nelson? I'd say this is probably an area that, like, is almost convicting to me. Um, And it really, really set on me when uh, we had Claire. So she's two now, two and a half. Um, And once I realized how much of a foundation I'm building for her, it's really laid on my heart about how much more we as a family need to be in the Word. Um, And it's something that I struggle with to get in there and daily and and delve in. And uh, my wife and I, we've been doing devotionals um, to see if that, you know, to just get that going. Um, So this is definitely something. And then, you know, and Kevin approaching me about this, um, you know, makes me a little self-conscious about, you know, the time that I've put in and the knowledge that I do have. Um, So it's something that we've, as a family and me personally, that we've been working on. Um, to try to get more into the word and make more decisions daily about what that says and uh, what it says about where we're going. And that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Sometimes your manipulations end up pretty well, right? I mean, like they always end up well, Nate. Well, <laughs> always. <laughs> I, okay. In that case, I guess. We'll, Except we'll that, that one time in college. <laughs> Except that one time. We, we're not going to say that here on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, and I, and I agree. I, it is amazing when you're forced into, to something like that, where you have a platform where you're speaking from. I remember Pat Hagen telling a story when when he was first, when he first started coming here and the first week that he, he was told, he was not asked, he was told you're teaching Sunday school. Now, the Sunday school class he's teaching, he's, he was a young guy at the time, I think in his 20s, if I remember the story correctly. But the first time he was teaching, he was teaching to like three elders, the preacher, all their wives who, you know, you know, all of them had twice or three times as much time in the word of God and knowing who God was than, than he had just in their personal lives, you know, let alone the group, you know, all together, right? So just completely overwhelmed. Um, but, but at the same time, what it forced him to do in the regiment. And now, I mean, you know, Pat is, is very knowledgeable when it comes to scripture. I mean, you yeah. know, of course he's an elder in this church and so, but just, you know, the time that he spent into that and doing that, but it took that first time being, being pushed into a role, uh, to do that. And it was the same thing of preaching. I remember the first sermons that I, that I preached, man, all I did was tell stories. Are those on record? There, yes. Do you have a tape recorder <laughs> or a tape player? <laughs> you need a tape player because we were we did record them because we were giving them to um, people in nursing homes and things like that. And so we they did, and I've listened to them. And oh man, I cannot listen to myself. It's horrid. And I don't it's know like how my I, first year teaching, man. Like I think about that, and I'm just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> but it is. It's true. The more yeah. you do something, the yeah. better you get. And 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 now. You know, you I'm, again, it's just because I spent so much time. You give me a topic, I could probably preach a 15 minute sermonette on it pretty, pretty quickly, like boom, boom, done. You know, just kind of get some, gather some thoughts and then just go with it, you know. But you're pulling from so much more stuff. That's the, that's the beauty of the Word of God, you know. It's so rich, but yet so simple. And the, and the best thing that you can do as a communicator in communicating it is, if if your daughter could understand this, you know, if Claire could understand this, then anybody could understand sure. this. Um, so no, cool stuff, guys. No, I appreciate 
you know, kind of your thoughts on this. And the Word of God is, is extremely important. Um, so if you're out there and you're listening and, and this is a challenge for you, like, what would your advice be to someone who's just kind of, like, feels maybe a desire to, but wants to get started? Like, where, what are, what are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Two-step process. Okay. Pray about it. Okay. Step two, <laughs> find someone who will not necessarily manipulate you like you, Kevin, <laughs> but will hold you accountable. Yeah. W- with anything in life, having that person there for accountability purposes or forcing someone in your case. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man, it works. Yeah. <laughs> accountability yes, works. It does. Absolutely. Nelson? Book of John. Book of John. I like Book really? of John. Really? Start on John. Do you know from a like a scholarly perspective, like that's one to avoid. Really? Yes. I did not. I was not aware of yeah. that. I, I was told that because I was, that was, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not picking on you because I always thought John, you know, I just love how John tells the gospel. But there's so much, like from the Greek perspective, there's just so much in the book of John that they say, hey, Matthew, Mark, look, Luke, because it's more historical, more um, kind of simplistic in its in how it does. Whereas John's more nuanced and, mm-hmm. and much more complex in how he draws the story out and and even some of the things he says and why he says them. We'll have to do like a couple podcasts on the Book of John because it, it is, dude. It, yeah, it, super interesting comparing the Gospels and you know this Gospel is more universal than this one in terms of how it approaches. Like, dude, it's. Yeah, you you guys brought up great points. Man. Yeah, that yeah. that's is super. But I interesting. agree. So from my perspective, though, like I was wrong. My, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say it because it, I have a hard time, like how to tell people where to start. James, <laughs> Nate is a James aholic. <laughs> it's at my reading level. It's at my Lexile level, dude. Okay, a really low Lexile level. I love it, but. John is my favorite, like by far. Like if I if I had to pick a gospel to read, so it's so hard for me to say. I, I don't know. I don't think there is any right answer. Right. I think the spirit speaks regardless, and so clearly the spirit spoke to you in that in a deep way. And I mean, so I I don't want to tell anybody to start on page one. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> that mean, would be tough. It's important. Yes. But to start there, um, and to be that's how you're going to start. Be a brave endeavor. Yeah, I agree. I because I think you could go Genesis, Exodus, and then you get into Leviticus, and I think you could struggle, struggle, struggle a lot. Numbers, Deuteronomy, you aren't going to make it. <laughs> like, yeah. there, there's a there's a huge push in education for history teachers to teach backwards history. Wow, start in the current, and then you lead up into you know how did we get here. I mean, I don't know if the same could be applicable to the Bible, and if that would make any kind of sense whatsoever. But I mean, it is. Who do you start with when you're when 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 you when you become a Christian? You start with Jesus. Jesus. You don't start with yep. Adam and Eve. You start with Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, that's your introduction. So yes, absolutely it makes sense. And I think from a historical historical standpoint, you know, in in Scripture, getting that foundation of here's the here's what it ends with. Here's here's where we're headed to now. This is how it came about because I mean, Old Testament is all about, you know, God establishing this, this 
understanding of the law, how we are we have failed, we have fallen, we cannot in and of ourselves reestablish a relationship with God. Something has to break in. I mean, that's what the Old Testament does. You know, it, it demonstrates that. Look, you have the Israelites, they come on the scene. He says, do this. What do they do? The opposite every time, you know? <laughs> they don't do that. And yeah. and but what is that what is that mimic? What mimics our lives? How many times have have we been told don't do this? And the first thing we did was reach out and touch it. Reach out and do it. I mean, golly, I have a four-year-old boy. Like it's so every shiny, day. Man. It's don't touch that. I, I'm on the phone today screaming at him, don't touch that. This person thinks I'm crazy that I'm you know I'm talking to, but I mean that's that's You actually our, did that the other day to me when you called me. <laughs> Yeah, I think you were yelling at Paul. I'm, I'm not joking. You actually did that. If I've I talked to anybody, that. okay? If I've talked to anybody, I'm doing it while they're on the phone, okay? So, yes. But that's, our, that's, our, that's what we do. And, and it absolutely demonstrates this thing that, okay, you have these people. God gave them. If you do these things, if you obey this law, then you can have a relationship with me. And they failed every time. And it was a demonstration to us how far we are from God. All of those little cleansing laws and dietary laws yeah. and sacrificial laws and all those things were to demonstrate you need something and then plop right in the middle of it Jesus Christ you know and it, and it starts with there but we have to look back at those things to understand you know aspects of ourselves and and how even in those times God was already working his plan out to bring Jesus Christ and save the world Good stuff, man. And we could go on, on and on and on and on and on talking about the Bible and what it means and, and the foundation that it has. But I think you guys gave some good advice as far as starting. Um, I, I think if I had to say anything, it's consistency, even when you're not feeling it. I mean, you think about like the greatest athletes in the world. Like, why are they what they are? Is it because every time they had it, they were just happy to be outside, breaking their body apart, you know, building muscle, you know, working on their skills? Was every time they they were just had this huge desire? No, they had a drive that went beyond, you know, uh, um, the the senses to get them to a place where they had beat their body into, you know you know, submission to the point where it was going to do and be the thing, the, the tool that it needed to be to get them to where they wanted to go. And it was their willingness to commit to that. And I, and I think it, if I had to say, like, there's one thing I'd say about, about this, it's commit to doing it. Make it a part of your daily life. Come up with a rhythm that works for you and then just don't allow anything to interfere with it. You know, it's the same thing with losing weight you know, dieting, you know, working out, you could do it. Everyone can do it. Mm -hmm. We all say, well, I don't have time. No, you have time. Yeah. What are you going to sacrifice to make the time to do it though? You know, are you going to sacrifice your, you know, Yellowstone at 9 p.m. on Sunday nights to do it? You know, are are you going to, that's a tough choice, man. (laughs) (laughs) Do we really want to ask that question? (laughs) Um, What are you going to sacrifice? That's the point. Um, And I think, you know, you're going to sacrifice an extra half hour sleep. <laughs> What's it take for you? I don't know. But there has to be a commitment to it. And I got to say, the other side of that would be this. I fail often. You know, I rely on what I, what, 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 have, what I've come to, you know, where I am now. And I get lazy because, you know, I, I do feel, you know, like, hey, listen, I could probably talk on this and I, under, I have an understanding of all. But God wants to speak even more you know, to me. And so 
it's not an easy thing. You will fail, but it's about continually getting back up, you know, and, and, and going forward, you know. We're not going to be defined by our failures. We're going to be defined by our willingness to get back up and keep going. Uh, that's going to define who you are as a person and, and, and your knowledge of God and what he wants for your life. So my thoughts on that. Good, good discussion, fellas. That, that went much further than I thought it would go. Uh, we're what? Yeah. 40 minutes into a podcast already. And we just did our first two segments. (laughs) 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 This is not going to be well, go well. Are we going to a two hour podcast now? Is that what that means? Uh, we better purchase that SoundCloud. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, let's do just a quick thing then. Uh, I, I want to tell a story and, and I just want to talk a little bit about prayer, uh, today. We won't, we won't make this long here. Just about 10, 15 minutes, um, here. We, uh, Jana and my wife organized a group of people to get together this morning real early and walk down and pray for Joanna Griffith. Joanna uh, is is fighting a battle with cancer. Uh, she's had a lot of victory in this battle, but here recently um, the tumors have grown, and um, you know, just it's been tough for them. You know, they there's there's some decisions to be made. Um, the just dealing with the whole ment- mental aspect of this and starting this fight back up in, in the way that they're they're going to have to and just the radiation and how, I mean, five weeks, five days a week. I mean, my goodness, man. Like, I can't even imagine. So, but what was amazing was just a group of people that got together to go pray for them, you know, walk down the road, walk into their, walk into their driveway and then walked up and down the driveway seven times um, just praying for God's hand in their life and for their family and for the girls and for the doctors and all these things. I mean, it was, it was, there was such a sense of peace, just such a beautiful thing. And it's one of those parts of our life that I think, and and Greg kind of alluded to this last week in the podcast where he talked about, you know, your, your prayer life is going to look different than everyone else. Um, and I think even, even in how maybe God calls us to pray in different circumstances. I mean, I remember how many times when Chad Hudson was fighting his battle that we, you know, stood in the sanctuary with our hands laid on him, just praying to God and and just those moments. But then even, you know, you don't always create those moments in your prayer life. You know, some of them are, all right, like, I really, I'm laying in bed and I just, I really need to just speak with God. Or maybe it's like something comes up, you know, the other night, I think Paul had like a night terror. I go into his room and, you know, he's, he's there and he doesn't recognize me. He says, I want my dad. And I'm standing there. I'm like, buddy, I'm right here. He stands up and throws his fists up like angry. Like I want my dad, like could not recognize me. And Emma was reading something about night terrors and said, that's what it was. But like it freaked me out, man. Like I was freaking out. And like, just in those moments, what do we do? Like we turn to God, right? Where are we turning though when we don't have these aha moments or we don't have these really, you know, I need this thing and so I'm going to ask God for this thing. You know, where, where, what is our prayer lives like that? And I think prayer is such an integral part of a relationship. 
you know, I, I, I use this illustration all the time when I talk about prayer. How, and, and even when I talk about the Word of God, because I used it this last week in the sermon, but how am I to have a relationship with somebody that I don't speak to? You know, And there's two sides to that. So God speaks to me in His Word, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. But am I speaking to Him? Am I, am I fulfilling the other side of that relationship? Um, prayer is such an important part of our lives and something that you know, I think in many ways you know, defines us in our decision-making processes, because I can tell you this, there's been a hundred times where I've played scenarios of these circumstances and how they're going to play out with this person. Cause I feel like it could be very contentious. And when I lay it before God, it is always like, it goes so smooth. It goes so well, not that it's right. Not that everything ends up being perfect. That's not the case. The ending is not always that way, but God's hand in that is so evidenced, you know, by what happens, and I'm like, this is better than than I could have ever thought that it would be. You know, what's your guys' experience in that, and just prayer life, and 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 where you guys are in 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 regard to that? I think it's. I mean, for me, it's just really a continuous dialogue. Um, as much as as much, and it's not nearly as much as it should be. I'm sure. Uh, I just. Um, as you spoke to alluded to where it was like in those big moments where, you know, your family's hurting or your community's hurting, you, you automatically go to prayer and people ask for prayers, but it's those moments in a normal day where you need to have that input and you need to have mm-hmm. that relationship and you need to have that discussion, that dialogue. Cause, cause so many of those routine ordinary days turn into the big moments and you need to have that foundation, uh, established, before you get to that moment. Yeah, um, and it's, absolutely. And it's a lot, it's, you know, I've, I've had some big things happen over the past year and, um, and there's been some moments and it's, I'm just so thankful that I have more of a foundation now than I had before to be able to have peace and have that rapport. Uh, he's always willing to listen and, uh, but it's, it certainly is better to think that you've have a rapport with God instead of just coming in the bad moments. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. I think for me, just, you know, having any kind of foundation in God, I mean, at at least from what I've um, just kind of reflected on, um, you know, I've just noticed that God speaks to us constantly. He He talks to us so much more than what we talk to Him because of His undying love for us. Um, obviously we don't always show it back to him. Um, but you know, you think about the things that we do on a daily basis, we might pray in the morning, we may pray before a meal, and then we may pray before we go to bed. Um, you know, God's always thinking about us. He's always trying to communicate with us. Um, you know, that, that's where his, where his children, where his creation, you know? Um, so I, I think just, over the years, just trying to build that foundation of, of knowing that God always is not only listening, but, but always speaking, whether we are listening or not, he's always speaking. Um, he's always, you know, 100% dialed in on us. Um, so I think just, you know, having, having a foundation, um, that I have in, in Christ, um, and in, in a church with you guys, um, I think that's helped me notice that a lot and just kind of put that in perspective. Just, you know, he loves like a hurricane, Hmm. you know, just, uh, yeah, 
no matter what we do, he's he's always listening. He's always there. He's always paying attention to us, I, even when we aren't. You know, one of the passages that we talked about, and I, it's the First John. This is the confidence that we have approaching God. First John five fourteen. This is the confidence that we have approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. If you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not need, does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. I'm not going to get into that last part. <laughs> we can do that another time. That's a, that's a big subject. Yeah. But essentially, you know, it's saying, hey, listen, ask. You know, so this goes back to the first conversation we had about his word. How are we supposed to know what's his will if we don't know his will, first and foremost? How do you know his will? Well, he's told us his will in his word. Okay, so to, to even begin our prayer life, like, that has to be an ask. That has to be a part of it, right? You know, if, if I ask for a million dollars, is that God's will? Well, he says some will. He'll give that, but some he won't. You know, and so uh, I love that song. I think um, I think it's Natalie Grant. I'm almost sure it is, but she has this song where she says, "Send your rain, send your rain." But if you don't, like I will still praise you. Essentially, is is like the line in in the song. And for me, you know, with the whole agricultural side of myself, like, you know, there are times where I'm, God, send your rain, send your rain. I mean, that song always comes to mind. But it's even if you don't, like, I'm going to praise you. Like, I'm going to trust you. And, I, and so I think God has is, God is provided life for us. You know, he has blessed us with families and kids or not. You know, he has blessed us with the jobs that we've been or not, you know, however you feel. But at the end of the day, like you are in that place to bring glory to his name, regardless of how you feel about it. And so, you know, knowing his will in those things, his will in your life, and then praying, not selfishly for the things that you want, not that you don't pray for things that you want, but, but not, but, but understanding that in that prayer, like, God, I'm asking for your will. I don't fully know your will in this. Like, I'm asking, like, give me your vision of my future. And, and he's not going to reveal that to you. Okay. God. Okay. So my ask is, is this thing, but what I, what, what he knows I really mean is God open these doors so that I can see clearly like what your real plan is or your real or what you know is best for my life. And if we if we have that perspective and we seek him in those things, I think we can find joy regardless of our life circumstances. Whether we're rich, poor, healthy, not healthy, you know, have tons of relationships or don't have any, whatever it is. You know, I, I think it's about it's about seeking his glory when we do, you know and pray his will, like, those things come about, you know? I mean, I don't know how many times I've, this is the prayer, I always pray. God, fling the door wide open that you want me to walk through, because if you don't, I'm too dumb to figure it out myself. <laughs> and that's always my prayer. And it's the truth, right? I mean, it's, you Absolutely, know, yeah. we think we know, yeah. but we have no idea. You know, I think it's also beautiful in prayer when we think through what we're saying, because I'm, I'm the type of person, like, I think as I'm talking, so I have to talk about something to process it 
and cement it in my mind so that I have a good understanding of it. Other people need to think before they speak, you know, and so a lot of times I really butt heads with people like that because, you know, I'm trying to talk through it and dialogue through it and they're like, just let me figure out what I'm going to say first, right? Um, But I think for me in prayer, that's part of it too, is me thinking through processing, you know, these things that I know that I want to lay before God and he understands that about all of us. But for that other person who has to think before they speak or think before they, you know, kind of, you know, mentally give that thought to God, you know, it forces you to think about that in a deeper way than, than you would. And so that dialogue in relationship is is an extremely important thing. Prayer is a is an amazing thing and, and God says ask. You know, he says ask and if it's my will, man, I want to do it for you. You're my kid, you know. And I think he even, there's a, a parable where he tells a story, he's talking about prayer, where the woman comes before the judge and she says, I want justice. And she comes every day. I want justice, I want justice, I want justice, I want justice. He says, pray like that. So there are things, you know, like cancer that we pray against. There are things, you know, like finance, financial poverty or you know, relationships or health that we pray about. And he's saying, like, come seek justice and, and do it daily. Don't, you know, don't shy away because I don't give you the answer the first time. Don't treat it like a McDonald's where you drive through the window and I give you your happy meal. Like, that's not how it works. Like, come to me daily and request this. Seek justice, call for it, cry for it in your life. You know, and, and I do think at the end of the day, he's going to give you a perspective to understand how that prayer was answered, even if it wasn't exactly what you wanted. Cool, man. Good stuff, fellas. Anything else to add, prayer-wise? We took up a lot of time on the Bible stuff. <laughs> hmm. There are worse things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just pray, pray for our podcast, man. Yeah. yeah. I just, I hope that we're, you know, helping people, you know, kind of reach some sort of uh, mindset that's aim towards God. Um, yeah. Nelson, I know that you had, um, mentioned just kind of what your prayer life's been focused on lately. And I think that's maybe a, that would be a good way to kind of bring this full circle from even what Nate talked about at the beginning to maybe end. Lately, it's been really on my heart to, to pray for leadership, whether that be local community, church, um, bigger government, bigger world. Um, they're in need of our prayers. Absolutely. Um, and if um, if they can follow God's will and, and know God's will, that's that's going to glorify him in the end. Yep. So um, we just really need to lift up when we don't agree, we don't understand the whole picture. Uh, we just really need to continuously even just lift up all of our leaders, whoever they are, and, just, uh, and you're a leader of somebody. So hopefully the people that are below you are praying for you. And uh, they're praying for your leadership ability. So that's kind of what's been in my heart lately. Good stuff, man. And I think that uh, absolutely, let's pray for those people who are suffering in our community. Um, But absolutely, let's not forget the leaders uh, that God has put in place to lead in this time. And even if we don't agree, man, you know, praying God and the Holy Spirit to to move them and... and, uh, and guide them. I can't think of something, anything better. I, I can't think of anyone better to lead our 
country, our world than the God of the universe. (laughs) So (laughs) let's pray that into it, man, (laughs) because there's a lot of guys failing. But uh, I think it's more because they aren't listening to what God is directing and where he's directing. This has been Pursuit of Purpose with uh, Nate Luke, Nelson Combs, and Kevin Stuckey. Thanks for being with us today. See you later. Adjo. That's Swedish. Sweet.